Today we are in week two of our series called Pick a Fight, and if you were not with us last week, I told everybody that this series has come from a single question that God has been asking me over the past several years, and the question is this. God has been asking me, Trent, what are you willing to fight for? Is there anything in your life that you're willing to to draw your sword or put on your boxing gloves and fight for? Is there anything in your life that you're even willing to die for because it's that valuable? And then last week, I asked you to start asking yourself that question. So in your own life, what are you willing to fight for? Is there anything in your life that you would say, you know what, that thing or that person or that principle is so valuable to me, I'm willing to draw my sword and I'm willing to fight over this and I'm willing to even die for it because it is that incredibly valuable. Well, this series is my answer to that question. What are you willing to fight for? Now, if you weren't with us last week, I went over some foundational information that I want to give you again this week. And I said last week that God has placed within all of us a warrior's heart that is just waiting to be awakened. That there is this part of us that just wants to be a part of a bigger story. We long to stand and fight for things that really matter in life. If you are a Christ follower, God sees you as one of his warriors. He's placed within you a warrior's heart for you to live with passion and purpose for him. Now, if you would say, you know what, I'm not a Christ follower. I don't know if I would identify with that. I still believe that God has placed within you a desire to be a part of a bigger story, a desire to stand and fight for things that really matter in life. Now, I also said last week that we, with our warrior's hearts, we love to fight. There's just something in us, right? I mean, we love to pick fights over you know, ridiculous things. And we fight with our spouses. We fight with our friends. We fight with our kids. And we're, there's not a subject or a person in this world that we're not willing to draw our swords and fight with. There's not a subject on the earth that we're not willing to fight over. And yet God says, listen, most often you fight wrong things, You pick wrong fights, wrong battles, and I don't want you fighting that way. I want you to learn how to fight in my ways and for my ways, and that's something that most of us don't know how to do, so we need some help, and last week, we got some help from an Old Testament warrior by the name of David. So David took on Goliath, and if you're not familiar with that story, so David, we're not exactly sure how tall he was, um, but he was a shorter guy, and he took on a nine-foot, nine-inch tall Goliath who stood in defiance of the nation of Israel and their God. And so David had this incredible God perspective, and he saw this giant standing in defiance of his God, and he said, I'm willing to fight over this. I'm even willing to die over this. And so he didn't draw his sword because he didn't have one, but he took a rock and a sling. He put that rock in that sling. He charged at Goliath, swinging that thing, and he killed Goliath with a rock. And then he pulled out Goliath's own sword and chopped off his head. Now, we've said in this series so far that we want to learn how to have David's perspective because there are some real giants that stand against us. 
There are giants that stand against all of us in humanity, and then there are giants that stand against us individually as individuals. And there may be a giant in your world right now. I was talking with some people as they left last week, talking about real giants that we all face. You may be facing a relational giant right now in your life. You may be facing a financial giant, maybe a health giant, any number of giants that stand against us. And you may feel like you can't defeat it because it's too big, it's too strong, you're too weak. And yet God wants us to learn how to have David's perspective and to see that giant from God's perspective and to fight that giant in a way that will really bring honor to our God. So again, God wants us to learn to fight in his ways and for his ways. Now, most of us um, need some help with that. So again, we're going to get some help today from our great God. And this first battle that we're going to pick, this first fight that we're going to pick in this series is a big one. Normally, when you're starting a new endeavor and maybe you're trying something new and you're trying to figure out how to do something, usually you start smaller and then you get a victory there and then you take something a little bit harder and you get a victory there, get a few victories under your belt before you decide, hey, I'm going to go take on Goliath. But um, not so with us. We are a group of people called Epic, and so we're going to pick a fight Epic style, okay? So just warn you. Now, I have to give you a disclaimer. We had a disclaimer um, during our worship time this morning, but I'm going to give you another one if you came in late and you have young children with you. The, the fight that we're going to pick today has is, is got a, a, a heavy, heavy tone to it. Very mature subject. There's some evil in it. And if you have young kids, uh, they probably shouldn't be here for this. So just giving you the disclaimer, your, your mom, your dad, you make the decision. Uh, but this is a heavy subject we're going to deal with. So uh, if you need to get your kids back to our Epic Kids areas, I'm going to work my way into this in, in just a moment. You'll have time to run back, and I encourage you to go back this hallway over here. Your kids will have way more fun back there than they will have out here with us, especially today. Now, let me tell you this as well. Today's subject just might touch a very painful part of someone's life that's here today. And if that happens, it's not my intention. My intention is not to bring up a painful memory for you. My intention is to bring some healing, to bring some awareness, to stir us to action, and for us to fight against this giant that we're going to be looking at today. Now, the first fight that we're going to pick is a fight for justice. And the subject of justice is very broad. It encompasses many different subjects. And again, we're just going to scratch the surface today on this subject. And we're going to see how vast and how evil injustice really can be in our world. And my challenge for all of us is that we will stand and fight against any injustice that we see that stands against God's incredible love for us as humanity. Now, to begin with, there are several words in the Bible that can be translated for our English word justice. And the first Hebrew word that I want us to look at is this word called mishpat. That's kind of a strange word, but it occurs in its various forms in the Old Testament part of the Bible over 200 times. And in its most basic meaning, it means to give people what they have coming to them. So that could mean punishment if they're doing something wrong, or that could mean protection if they are being mistreated in some way. And over and over again in the Bible, 
mishpat involved taking up the cause for widows, for orphans, for the poor, for anyone who is vulnerable and being mistreated, the, the disadvantaged. So the idea behind this word is bring them justice. Proverbs 31 says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those who are being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. Now that's mishpat. When the Israelites were suffering under years of slavery to the Egyptians, God heard their cries and he sent Moses to bring them justice and free them from that slavery. When the Israelites later turned against God and started worshiping other gods, God gave them what they deserved in that moment. And he allowed other nations to take them captive again. And then when they would cry out to God with sincerity in their hearts, God, we have sinned. We're turning back to you. God would respond and rescue them, and again, bring them justice. And those are all different examples of that word, mishpat. Now listen to what Psalms 11.7 says about our God. It says, for the righteous Lord loves justice. And then Isaiah 30.18 in the English Standard Version of the Bible says, the Lord is a God of justice. So our God is a God of justice, and he loves it when we bring justice to unjust situations. So when we bring justice to the oppressed, when we stand up for those who can't stand for themselves, when we speak for those who do not have a voice, when we help the vulnerable and the disadvantaged, when we stand up against an abusive person, when we say it's not okay for you to bully another person, when we stand and fight any injustice that's around us, we are doing what God himself does for us and what God wants us to do in return. Now, there's another Hebrew word that describes justice, and it's the word zadaka. Now, zadaka can be translated as being just or righteous, and it refers to this lifestyle of treating people well. So it's a, this idea of this lifestyle that we live in such a way as that we treat people as if they matter. Now, if you're familiar with Bible culture, you understand that that was a very profound thought in Bible days because there was a very clear caste system. There was the upper class and the lower class, and they, they rarely interacted positively. If you were part of the upper class, you were always going to be part of the upper class. You were part of the lower class. You never had a chance to break out of the, the spot that you were in in society. If you were wealthy, you would always be treated well. If you were poor, most often... You would always be taken advantage of in some way. God wants us to treat each other with the dignity and respect that we deserve because we all matter. We all matter to God. One of our values here at Epic is that people matter. All people matter, not just some people. It doesn't matter if you have a lot of money or if you don't have any money. It doesn't matter if you drove in today in a really nice car or you rode your bicycle here or walked here. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you grew up in church or if this is your very first day walking into the doors of a church. None of that matters. You matter to God 
and you matter to us. God was passionate about his love for all of humanity, and he wants all of humanity to know that they matter deeply to him. That's what zadokah means. And if you think about it, if we would live zadokah kind of lives in our everyday living, there would be no need for mishpat justice. If we were those kind of people that said, you know, we're going to treat everybody as if they matter, then there'd be no need for us to bring other forms of justice to unjust situations. Now, when we take these two words, mishpat and zadokah, and we combine them, we get our English idea of social justice, Okay. And there are many social justice issues that face our world. There are many giants that stand out against our world. And today, I want to introduce you to one social justice giant that I think God wants us to defeat, and it just might surprise you. I know that it has surprised me. So let's take a look at this together. It was shocking for me to find out that right now, in the 21st century, there are more people trapped in slavery than ever before. One has to wonder, how is this happening? You know, we see these statistics like 27 million slaves, but the truth is that numbers are numbing. Numbers are dehumanizing and desensitizing. And it becomes so easy to ignore suffering when it remains nameless or faceless. In fact, it's so easy to be overwhelmed by the enormity of the problem if it seems so large that none of us could make a difference. But if you can break that number down so that it represents one human being, one life, one story, then that changes everything. One story that profoundly impacted me was Natalia's. She went to a coffee shop to meet up with a guy that her friends introduced her to. She was so excited about going on a date. She remembered laughing and talking with him, thinking they were having a great time. What she didn't realize was when she went to the bathroom, he drugged her coffee, causing her to pass out. He then threw her in the trunk of a car as if she was nothing more than a piece of baggage. When he arrived at the Greek border, he simply paid off the security guards and entered the country freely. When she awoke, she was in a different country, chained to a bed. She was raped and beaten repeatedly. Two weeks later, Natalia was sold as a sex slave. This to keep happening. Human trafficking is our modern day holocaust. We can't turn a blind eye or a deaf ear to the cry of millions who need our help today. Freedom is the right of every human being and is a cause we must all fight for. The whole reason we started the A21 campaign was to rescue, restore and rebuild these broken lives. Natalia found hope when she was rescued and brought to one of the A21 safe houses. We provide girls like Natalia with life skills, job training, and help them to take back ownership of their lives. Ultimately, restoring their dignity, giving them freedom, hope, and a brand new chance at life. A21 lawyers helped to see Natalia's trafficker sentenced to 15 and a half years in prison 
and given a 108,000 euro fine. When we don't allow ourselves to be overwhelmed by the statistics, then you and I together can bring justice and freedom to those in need. We have such an incredible opportunity to make a difference in our world today. This is our time. This is our moment. We need to act now. I'll never forget the first time I was introduced to the, this injustice in the world, the injustice of modern day slavery. I was in shock. I just could not believe that something like this was happening in our world. You know, when it comes to human slavery, I thought, you know, hadn't we done away with that? I mean, that issue seemed like it was a finished issue. But as I started researching, what I found amazed me. Now, statistics are very difficult to put together, obviously, on something like this. But you saw in that video that it is estimated that 27 million people today, today, live in slavery. And it is estimated, I've heard some estimations that it's even higher than that. Women and children are often forced into prostitution. And men are often forced into slave labor. The reality is, all around our world, people are bought and sold like we would buy fast food, like we would pull up and, and get a Happy Meal at McDonald's. People are forced to do things that, that should never be done. Little boys, little girls, as young as the age of four, are sold into prostitution. That's devastating. And get this, the typical cost of a slave today is just under $100. Just under $100. Imagine buying someone for $100 and thinking you can do anything you want with them because you bought them. I mean, that just blows my mind. 160 years ago, the average cost of a slave that was bought was equivalent to $40,000. So just imagine the difference between then and now in something that you would buy. Imagine buying something that cost $40,000. You're probably going to take a little bit better care of that thing. Imagine buying the same thing for $100. If that $100 thing breaks, what do you do? You buy another one. You don't spend you know, $1,000 trying to fix it, you just go buy another one. And that's what often happens in human slavery today. If a slave gets sick, if they're not doing what they need to do, it doesn't matter if they die. We'll just go out and buy another one. And again, we're not talking about a cell phone that's not working. We're talking about a human being. It's being forced to do things that should never be forced upon anyone. Now, it's easy to think that, oh, that's a problem that's around the world in some dark corner. You know, that's an issue that other people face that we don't face it here. But the reality is human trafficking happens in the United States all around us. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children estimates that well over 100,000 children are trafficked in the United States every year. 80% of trafficked people are women, 50% are children. Anytime I hear a news report of a, a child or a young woman who's gone missing, one of the first thoughts that runs through my mind, have they just been sucked into the human trafficking world? Has that giant 
just gotten another victim? And are we ever going to see them again? Are we ever going to hear from them again? In the United States, slavery takes, most often takes the form of prostitution, where young girls are forced into a life that they didn't choose. And I know when we think of prostitution, often we think that's a lifestyle that someone chose. You know, maybe they weren't, you know, five years old, you know, saying, you know, I dream of the day I'm going to be a prostitute. They probably weren't saying that. But maybe in their adult years, they just figured, you know what, this will pay the bills and it's just a life that I've I've chosen. It's a path that I've I've ended up on and so I'm just going to stick with it. But most often, that's not the case when it comes to prostitution. There are many women in prostitution that are stuck there because of their abusers. They're they're stuck in a a lifestyle. They're stuck in a drug-addictive lifestyle because they've been forced into it or they've been coerced into it. Now, listen to one American girl's story who found herself in the nightmare of American human trafficking. Hello, my name is Teresa. I grew up in a conservative religious home in Michigan. I came from a wonderful family and attended church on a regular basis. One day when I was 15, a boy that I liked at school offered to give me a ride home. I knew my parents wouldn't approve of me riding with him, but I figured they wouldn't find out. It was only a short ride. Well, on our way home, he stopped by his house, showed me around, and offered me a soda. I quickly found out that drink had been drugged. I became dizzy, lost control of my body, and was raped. I was so ashamed that I had lost my virginity, and I knew my parents would be so disappointed in my decision to ride home with him, I didn't tell anyone. A few days later, that boy came up to me and showed me pictures that his friends had taken of me while being raped. He told me he would tell my parents that I was a willing participant and would post those pictures all around town if I didn't do something for him. Because I didn't want anyone to know what happened and didn't want my family to be negatively impacted by my poor decision, I agreed to do what he asked. Little did I know that this teenage boy was a human trafficker, and the work that he had for me was prostitution. He hired me out to very wealthy men as a prostitute. I served several men per night in the basements of very wealthy homes, often with their wives and children on the floors right above me. One night I was kidnapped by another trafficker. I was beaten, drugged, and driven several hours away to a small motel to service 20 men until I passed out. My nightmare of modern-day slavery as a teenage girl lasted several years, and no one knew what I was going through. This isn't some dark corner of the world problem. This is a problem that we face here in America, and I've read reports of stuff like this happening in Daytona Beach. I mean, literally in our backyard, I mean, we don't know what's happening around us here in our own community. But I wonder, like, what would you do if you were a parent, if you had a daughter that had been kidnapped? What would you do? Would you go through life as normal? It's just a normal thing that happens in our world. There's 27 other million people stuck in slavery. Or would you draw your sword and would you charge into battle and would you do anything and everything you could to ensure that your child was brought justice. You know, I have four amazing kids, and it blows my mind 
to think that someone could potentially do that to one of my kids. And, and the thought of that happening makes me want to draw my sword and say, listen, I'll turn over heaven and hell. I'll do whatever I can to rescue them and to see that justice is brought to perpetrators. What would you do in that kind of a scenario? It's easy to think about some other person's story, some other person going through that difficult thing. But what if it was you? What if it was us? Anytime I see injustice like human trafficking, something deep within me stirs. Something deep in my heart says, this is not okay. This is not okay. Someone needs to do something. Someone needs to stand up against this. This past weekend, 35 of us men were down at Promise Keepers events, a men's conference down in Daytona Beach. And they did a segment on human trafficking. And they they showed a video. And they told a, a story about that happening here in the United States. And as I watched that video, I sat in the dark with tears in my eyes and a rage in my heart. Like, this is not okay. This is not okay. For our young girls and our culture to have to fear this, this is not okay. Something needs to be done. And I sat there yelling at God almost. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want our church family to do? Like, this isn't okay. Someone needs to draw their sword. Someone needs to put on their boxing gloves and say, you know what? I'll stand up and I'll fight. I'll do whatever I can to ensure that this giant falls like Goliath fell as David approached him. Well, here's some things that I think that we should do together. The more of us that do this, the more effective we are when we join together. The first thing I think we should do is educate ourselves. I know a few of you are probably still in shock. You're probably still wondering like, what in the world? How can this evil happen here? You may be even a little bit in denial saying, you know, I'm not so sure. I mean, I don't hear that on the news a whole lot. So I'm not so sure that's really going on. Well, I've put some resources together on our spiritual growth challenge. It's something that we offer most weeks here at church to help people dig deeper into the subject that we're looking at. You can pick up a copy at our Connection Center, or you can download it online at our website later today. But on our resource, I've put some organizations there that you can explore online, like the A21 Campaign, Love 146, the International Justice Mission, Florida Abolitionists, and, and more. There are videos that you can watch. There are stories you can read. There are books that you can order. There is a lot that we can do, and I think that we should do, to educate ourselves about this giant that's standing in our world. And we shouldn't ignore it. We shouldn't ignore other people's pain. The second thing that I think we should do is raise awareness about injustice. There are so many people who have no clue about this issue in our world. No clue. I know a number of years ago, I had no clue. And when I watched my first video, I went, you gotta be kidding me. You've just gotta be kidding me. This can't be happening today. And it is happening today. So there are a lot of people out there have no idea. And so I think we have a responsibility to investigate, to do some research, and then make other people aware. So when you're at work, maybe having lunch with somebody at work, Bring up a conversation. Just ask them, like, what do you know about human trafficking today? 
Begin a conversation with them. Inform them of what you are learning. Tell, tell people in your neighborhood. Tell people maybe that you go to school with. We have a responsibility, I think, to get the word out, to tell other people what's happening right in front of us. Now, the next thing I think we should do is we should stand up for people who are being mistreated. We should bring mishpat and zadika justice together. We should bring punishment to those who are perpetrators. We should bring relief and rescue to those who are being mistreated. We should remind victims that they matter to God and God loves them. God loves them. God sees them in their their moment of grief. God sees them in the prison that they're in and he cares and he's sending someone to go and, and rescue them. If you know of someone or you suspect someone is in an abusive situation, do something about it. Talk to an appropriate authority. Don't just let that continue. Again, God tells us to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those who are being crushed. Now, if you think something strange is happening in someone else's life, ask them about it. Now, that may be an awkward conversation, But wouldn't you want someone to ask you if you were stuck in a lifestyle and you didn't know how to get out? Wouldn't you want someone to ask your child if they were stuck? You may be their way out. You just starting a conversation, you listening to them, really listening to them, you showing care and concern, you might be their way out of a lifestyle that they didn't choose If you're not sure what's happening in someone's world and you you can't get information that you're looking for, pray for them. Your prayers can do more than you could ever imagine. Pray for them. Pray for truth to be revealed. Pray for punishment to be brought to perpetrators. Man, I can't say that word today. Pray for rescue to happen for those who desperately need to be rescued. Several times a year, my family and I make a trip up to Washington, D.C. to see a, a doctor that my wife and several kids see for a chronic illness that they have. And while we're there, we usually try to, to make it a little bit more fun than a doctor's visit. And we're in the nation's capital. There's a lot of history to explore there. And so we love to explore some of the Smithsonian, some of the museums that are there. Well, on this last trip, my wife and I spent four hours in the Holocaust Museum. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but I highly recommend it. As we walked around and we watched the videos, as we read the stories, as we saw the pictures, like four hours of that, at the end, like I was sick. I was like sick to my stomach. Like how could this happen? How could that have happened in our world where millions of people were killed because of some whacked out world leader? How could that kind of thing happen? I feel the same about human trafficking. I wonder, how can that happen? How can that happen in our world today? How is it possible that millions of people are held against their will? Well, as I was leaving that museum, there was a little uh, watch, a little goofy little watch that I bought. um, And it had a statement on the bottom that captured my attention. And the statement is this, what you do matters. And I, I bought that and said, you know what, I need that. Because that stands for a whole lot in life. What we do matters. 
What we do matters today. It matters for all of eternity. What we do matters. We can't just sit in our comfortable lives and ignore other people's pain. God didn't do that for us. I mean, God saw us in the prison that we chose to live in, this prison of sin. And he said, you know what? I'm going to draw my sword and I'm going to charge the darkness for you to set you free. God didn't just sit and ignore our pain. We can't sit and ignore other people's pain. Isaiah 1.17 says, learn to do good. Seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the cause of orphans, fight for the rights of widows. All of those are action-oriented things. Again, our God is a God of justice, and he asks us to bring justice, not talk about some uh, new philosophy, not you know, like it on Facebook. Just do something. Take a step, take an action Bring Mishpat and Zadokah justice to people in need. Now, the reality for us, will just bring us back into a little bit of perspective. Most often, you are not going to be dealing with human trafficking victims on a daily basis, okay? So don't walk out here and think every person you see is stuck in slavery, okay? That's not the case. But as we go out into our community, there are many opportunities for us to bring justice to people that are around us. Maybe that's someone that you know in the community that's not getting the treatment that they deserve. You know, maybe there's a a student at school that everybody else is making fun of and, and you can bring that Zotica kind of justice to them and treat them as if they matter. Maybe that's someone at work that you know keeps being passed over for a promotion, you know, has nothing to do with their work ethic. Something else is going on there. Maybe that's treating a handicapped person with the dignity and respect that they deserve. Maybe that's not letting someone else talk poorly of another person because their skin color is different. Maybe it's standing up and just saying, you know what, that's, that's not okay I think God wants us to stand up and fight any injustice that stands against his incredible love for all of humanity. Again, in God's perspective, everyone matters. People matter. All people matter. Jesus said in his most famous sermon, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. My hope and prayer for us as a church, is that we will be a church that hungers and thirsts for justice, for God's justice, not not our perspective of justice, but God's perspective of justice, and that we would bring justice, God's justice, to our day and age. Now, I'm going to ask, in just a moment, our worship team to come out, and then I'm going to close us out in a word of prayer. And our worship team's gonna guide us through a closing song called Overcome. And the reality is, as we look at this giant of injustice in our world, we cannot defeat it ourselves. It's not possible. We can't do it. We can stand like David and say, you know what, I can't do this, but God can. Our God can defeat the giant of injustice in our land. He's gonna use us. He's going to ask us to step up. So during this song, I encourage you to start a conversation with God. Ask God to open your eyes, 
always to the injustice that may be around you every day. Maybe there's injustice that you just have ignored, or maybe injustice you're not even aware of that's happening around you. Ask God to open your eyes to that. And then ask God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to stand up in, in these situations of injustice that are happening? And pray, 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 pray for justice to be brought to victims who need to be rescued. And pray that justice will be brought to perpetrators that need to stand and give an account for choices that they've made. So let's pray together. Lord, today we have looked at a very ugly evil in our world. Lord, it's, it's a subject that, Lord, I know that there are people here today who probably think, I don't know, I'm, not, I'm just not so sure about that one. And there's others of us looking at it going, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know how to fight that giant that stands in our world. Lord, the more I read the Bible, the more I see that you are a God of justice and you care about unjust situations around us. And you ask us to stand up and you ask us to speak up Stand for those who can't stand. Speak for those who can't speak. Defend them. Draw our swords and charge into battle and fight in your ways and for your ways. Not the way we would normally fight, but to fight with your perspective. Lord, again, there are some big giants in our world. Giants that want to fear us into submission. Giants that that want us to ignore them, kind of like in this scenario where a lot of us don't even know this is a real giant that stands there. So I pray that you would open our eyes to the injustice that's all around us. And I pray that we would be a people that, that bring that Zadaka kind of lifestyle to our world. We would treat everyone as if they matter. Lord, that we would bring that mishpat kind of justice and see that victims are rescued and perpetrators are punished. Lord, continue to guide us, Lord, in this series where we're learning how to fight in your ways and for your ways. We understand that we desperately need you. We cannot fight these battles alone. Give us your help, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm often in awe and incredibly humbled that this God of justice would invite us to be part of this cause. Um, you may be seated. I'm going to give you a few announcements before we get out of here. Uh, I read on my Facebook status that apparently one of the channel's Hallmark Lifetime is already showing uh, Christmas movies. So <laughs> in the spirit of that, we're also thinking about Christmas. And one of the ways that we celebrate Christmas at Epic is our Epic Giving Tree. And around Thanksgiving, in the corner over there, you will see a Christmas tree. Um, and on it, there'll be little cards with uh, needs of our friends and our family in this community, needs for food and for Christmas gifts. And so at that time, you'll be able to take one of those cards home and go buy that gift and bring it back, and we will get it to that family. 
But right now, what we need are families and friends who need things this, this Christmas, who are in need this year. So if you know someone in Flagler County, friend, family, um, in the community that needs some uh, gift, some, some need, some food, um, if you would uh, maybe nominate them or refer them to Epic, we would greatly appreciate that. Referrals are due November 8th, which is this Friday. Shocking. Um, so if you could go online at the Epic Church and fill out the form there, that would be awesome. One of the things that uh, God talks to our hearts about is giving, um, giving of our time, talent, and resources. So if you call Epic Home and want to give and invest in what this ministry is doing, you can do so today. Um, there are giving boxes behind each seating section, or you can go online at theepicchurch.com. I um, also want to just mention, as uh, Trent did the Spiritual Growth Challenge, um, if today's um, message stirred in your heart, if you kind of feel that, that thought that, I want to do something. I want to dive deeper into this. I encourage you to pick up a spiritual growth challenge. Um, as he said, there are Bible passages, there are um, resources, websites that you can read into, and so you can check that out at the Connection Center, or you can download it on um, theepicchurch.com as well. If you're new with us, we are so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'll stop by the Connection Center on the way out, we have a small packet of information that tells you a little bit more about Epic and what we do here um, in our community. So with that, have a great week, and uh, just be praying about what, how you can serve and be a messenger of justice in our world. Have a great week.